Good evening from Plunkett Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 533 of F5 Live, refreshing technology for Sunday, August 4th, 2019. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Google has a new Play Pass, Microsoft has a new Ninja, and Broadcast TV has a new enemy. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, on um, any of our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Mixer, Twitch, Periscope, YouTube Live, or Facebook Live, on any of the podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Podcast Play app, and the Windows Store, the myriad of others like TuneIn Radio or Spotify, or of course, on our website, PluckIt'sLive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can join us live uh, by going to f5live.tv slash join us. There, you can chat with us in the studio as we discuss our topics. We always love to hear uh, what you have to say about the topics as we talk about them. So uh, definitely do that. If you're not able to join us live, that is okay. You can uh, always go to plugkidslive.com slash subscribe, and there you will see all of our shows, including F5 Live and The Pilch Point, and uh, all of the others, including Plug Kids Live Presents, First Looks, and a bunch more. Uh, I think that's the spiel. Abram, how have you been, buddy? Better now. Everybody in my house was sick for a while, uh, but, uh, you know... We were like a, a torrent of illness, oh. um, you know. We were like a distributed block cha- block chain <laughs> of Coxsackie virus. But um, you know, first my daughter got it, then my son got it, then my wife got it, then I got it. Uh, but um, we're uh, we're better. We're we're all better now, pretty much. Uh, so, but that. That ate up a, a good chunk of my of my time in the last week or so, week and a half or so. Uh, but uh, I've been working on a couple of projects that I was working on before all this happened. One we'll talk about during the pilch point. The other one we talked about a little bit last time, so I'll show it. This is uh, where I'm at with the uh, Picade. Um Very nice. So, so it looks really nice. And it's pretty much set up except for one really big problem. Okay. So, first of all, um, let me show you the back also. I haven't closed it up. You can see here in the back there's a Raspberry Pi 4, and it's connected to the screen driver board. Um, And uh, there's like a little hat, what you call a hat, like a, a board that goes on top of the Raspberry Pi 4 that connects it to all the buttons and the joystick. Okay. Um, so that's all nice. Uh, here's the problem. The problem is, you see this bezel here? Yeah. That goes around the screen. So uh, Pimeroni that makes this sent me this kit um, to ch- to review. Cool. Um, I don't know if they did this to everybody or just or just me because I've got an early model, but. The box that they sent me included two different sets of, of parts. They sent me the 10-inch kit with a 10-inch screen, but a lot of the parts that hold the screen in place, there were two versions. 
Uh oh. Oh, Abram's back. There we go. Uh, all right. So, a lot of the parts that they sent, they sent me the the, the model with a 10-inch screen, but a lot of the parts there were two versions of in the box. So, the so like the bezel, that cardboard piece, there were two different bezels. Okay. Right? One of which had the stripe on it, and one of which I didn't realize was a bezel. I thought was just a really thin piece of cardboard in the box. So I put this all on because the instructions don't tell you that there's two sets in there. Because right. I'm not sure if they're really doing that in the final. I hope they're not doing it. In the final. Right. Like little things like this plastic piece in the back here is called top one. And there were two different pieces of two different sizes, both called top one. Got it. So it says like put top one on it. Oh, but which one? Which one? And they have a video on their site, but the video seems to be for the eight inch version. So okay. I put on, because the picture on the box looks like this, and the video does it, whatever, I put on this bezel, which has a stripe in it. But guess what? I didn't realize until after I put this whole thing together, and the screen literally holds it together, so I'd have to take the whole thing apart, that this bezel is too small, too big, and it's for an 8-inch screen. So parts of the screen, like a quarter of the screen, is underneath over here. Oh, no. So, so that's... <laughs> That's oh. where I'm at with it. The the other thing that's of some interest, and I'm going to tell folks I'm working on an article about this maybe to go live tomorrow, I hope. I'm trying to work out the kinks in it, is how to run a game emulator on your Raspberry Pi 4. Okay. And the reason why I say that there needs to be an article about this is because the Raspberry Pi 4 launched on June 24th. Uh, it You do the math. It's, what is that, five weeks ago, six yeah. weeks ago? Um there's still no official support emulator support for this product, even though people are out there buying arcade machines like this and other peripherals and uh, emulation is a very big part reason why a lot of people buy Raspberry Pi. Sure. So uh, the major platforms that people use for emulation, RetroPie is probably the biggest. Then there's Laka and Recallbox are the other two. Uh, none of them has an official release version that supports the Pi 4 yet. So, but there are ways to use them by changing a file here or a file there uh, that don't work ideally, but you can do it. Okay. So, yes, it would be nice if you could do it the official way, and I'm sure any week now there will be a final version of RetroPie, uh, a re release version of RetroPie for it, but uh, for now, uh, this my instructions will tell you uh, will tell you how you can how you can do it. Got it. And, and provided I can I can finish testing it that it actually works. <laughs> I'll have uh, that. Although it should work because it worked on here, so I don't know. Sure. Anyway, I, I should have that for. Um, I should have have that on our on Tom's hardware this uh, Monday or Tuesday. Very cool. Well, that'll be that'll be interesting to read because I know that I know that that has been like a big problem point for the four has been the fact that you know none of the emulators work yet. Nobody has has finished support, and so it makes it's it's good to know that there are ways of like you said, not ideal, but there are ways to at least get around it for a little while. Yeah, and it's not something that like. 
is highly advertised because the volunteers who maintain the emulators don't really want people to be using it at this point. Mm -hmm. They're very, like, on their forums, people ask them, well, how can I use it now? And they say, you got to be patient. We're not telling you. Right. So, you know, but there are people who figured it out. Got it. Makes sense. Well, my uh, my last couple of weeks have been less uh, less projecty, but uh, pretty exciting. Uh, we picked up. We've been working with an organization, a company here called um, uh, Odyssey Marine Exploration. They are or were one of the the big like underwater salvage companies, and uh, so they're moving their offices here, and they've kind of changed their business model. They're doing a lot more like mineral research and stuff today. So they ended up with some equipment that they didn't need. And so they contacted uh, FCDI and uh, uh, the Amarok Fab Lab where, you know, we do a lot of work and uh, they donated a whole bunch of stuff, including a new camera that I am super excited about. So uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, Odyssey Marine. <laughs> that, uh, that camera has been, oh, it has been fun to play around with it it officially works with our broadcast system now so we will be using it um for events like roboticon and big things like that where we need zoom because it is a honest to god tv camera i am very excited about it uh it is too big for the studio <laughs> i would not be able to zoom it out far enough to uh be able to see me <laughs> in this room that is <laughs> That is how Great. intense this camera is. I'm absolutely in love with it. So uh, that, that's been my last couple of weeks. I also got a, a new couch for my living room. That's a whole different... Also from Odyssey, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, that, that's kind of been my last two weeks, which have been very strange, obviously, but uh, a whole lot of fun. Uh, with that, how about we get down to some news? This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is probably powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, uh, anything from the Surface line, an Xbox One, either S or X, or a whole bunch more, including stuff like uh, Game Pass and things like that, Microsoft's got it all. And it's not just Microsoft branded products either. Uh, you can find the latest Samsung phones and headsets and laptops from Everybody, Lenovo and HP and uh, even Huawei uh, still has laptops on there. You can find uh, just about everything. And remember that uh, both students and military get a 10% discount on almost everything by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. I think not enough people know about that 10% discount. <laughs> that is why I bring it up every week now. That's... <laughs> A great deal. Anyway, so let's talk about Google for a second. Um, and the tech world's love of subscription services. Avram and I have talked a lot about subscription services over the last couple of uh, months, uh, in particular uh, streaming services, but a whole bunch more too. We know Apple uh, is launching in the fall their uh, Apple Arcade, which is um, a subscription service to allow... Huh. Um, to allow people to get uh, over 100 games um, 
just as part of a, a monthly subscription so you don't have to uh, you know buy the games. It should sound very familiar because it's basically the, uh, the Xbox Game Pass uh, concept, uh, but brought to mobile. And this week uh, we saw evidence and then got confirmation from Google of a service called Google Play Pass. Uh, again, the name should sound <laughs> semi-familiar. Um, it will be the Android equivalent. However, uh, the documentation says that it is games and apps. Now, what does that mean? We don't know yet, but what, what we do know for sure uh, means that the games will be included, there will be no in-app purchases, which is a big deal, and uh, there will be uh, no ads in the apps and or games. So all of that's pretty cool as far as I'm concerned. Um, and obviously it's a, it's a model that makes sense. It's a model that's been succeeding. Again, you know, Game Pass on the Xbox recently expanded to the PC. Um, and then I, subscription services are all the rage, right? There's BarkBox. You know, there's, <laughs> there's all kinds of subscriptions. Um, and so it's a... It's been a, a good business model, you know, for the, for the businesses, they get guaranteed recurring revenue for the consumer. You get more than you normally would, or at least more variety than you normally would for, for a decent, uh, decent price. And when it comes to Android, you know, they're, they're dealing with the whole problem of, uh, every survey ever conducted says that, uh, Android owners are less likely or less willing to spend money on apps um, in the marketplace. So, you know, if, if they can do this $5 subscription service and give you access to a whole bunch of stuff, I think maybe that'll help developers generate some revenue and maybe apps won't, uh, come either exclusively to, or first to iPhone as often as they do now. Well, one thing that I got to wonder about though is, does this mean that they are going to disable in-app purchases on those apps or are they still going to have in-app purchases? They're going to include uh, the in-app purchases. The things that would be in-app purchases um, will are, are theoretically included. Now, it's important to remember that this is in a very limited, very private test phase. And so anything could change uh, when they get feedback from developers and stuff like that. They might change that policy they might change the five dollar a month price point everything is very uh built on sand right now but as of right now um the text in the in the play store for the few people who have had access to it and have screenshotted it for the rest of us uh it has said that the things that would normally be in-app purchases are somehow included obviously that makes you wonder you know the the pay to win type games how that works maybe it doesn't maybe they're not interested in bringing those types of games to the platform who knows um it's one of those only time will tell type situations i think yeah i mean because that i have to say as a parent uh i really don't like all the in-app purchases mm -hmm. all the games like there's so many free-to-play games I kind of wish I could pay a few dollars for it and not have any in-app purchases yeah. in it. There's, there's not enough, as far as I can see, there's not a lot of games out there that you could just buy the game and have no ads and no in-app purchases. Like, that would be nice. Uh, because especially you hand that 
your your phone or a tablet to a kid and then it's like hey they want to tap this and buy this thing mm -hmm. or hey this ad really throws them off and then they end up tapping on the ad why what's this daddy so like it would be you know there's a lot of really good games out there that that like i know my son would love to play not that he has any shortage of games but right um you know at this point I, it's not a real concern but i'm just saying that, that would be that are cool to play but you know man they just keep hitting you up and hitting you up and hitting you up to buy stuff uh in order to, and you can if you're savvy you can avoid paying you know just just you know keep you know like what is it like asphalt is a great example that's a really good racing game right like you know it keeps trying to get you to spend money to buy a better car you know right now if you're if you're smart and determined you just don't buy a better car and you know maybe i think you may eventually earn enough through through playing uh without spending money to, to get a better to, to upgrade your car but if you hand this to a kid they're gonna be like oh tap i want that uh -huh. and you you know you can do things to restrict that I, I guess but the point is i'd just rather not have it there yeah i i'd rather spend a few dollars for the game and and have everything uh -huh. then then have to deal with that yeah or if you play a lot of these types of games maybe the you know if if the rules stay in place um maybe the the five dollars a month for a whole myriad of apps all guaranteed to not have those in-app purchases and ads you know for for some people that might be uh, a viable way to go to um, I have finally found the, th okay. So, so the text says no purchases, no ads in app purchases unlocked. So, right. It's, it's sure, um, unlock access to hundreds of premium apps without it. Without ads, download fees, or in-app purchases. I guess I guess it remains to be seen because there are other types of games that you know that I've tried where you know it's not that you need this in-app purchase to like go to the next level or whatever. It's just that they try to do something to help you win a game that you are otherwise losing. Right. In other words, they let you pay to cheat. Like, uh -huh. Oh, you uh, you know lost on this level buy an extra ball to knock this stuff around uh -huh. you know, for a few dollars. Yep. Or you could just start over again. So like, are they just going to give you all the cheap, cheap things for free too? No telling. I uh, guess we'll find out. Yeah. Um, again, it's very early um, in it, in its life. Um, it was only confirmed officially because some people saw it show up in their play store <laughs> and reported it to uh, Android police, and so they contacted Google, and Google said, "Yeah, uh, yeah, that's it's real." <laughs> Those screenshots are legitimate. It's funny, like, it's funny that you say they reported it to Android police like it was a crime. Uh -huh. Yeah, that. I still can't figure out whether it. Oh. Whether Android police is actually like they're policing Android. Or they're sort of like the band with Sting, but for Android. 
Yes. I think B. <laughs> That's that you would think be every little thing Google does is magic. Yes. Yes, exactly that. That is definitely how I I uh interpret their their day. So, anyway, um no idea if this will ever make it to market at all um or what it'll look like when it does, but it's definitely an interesting idea and uh look forward to seeing what it looks like uh over time. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is uh, proudly powered by PureVPN. Protect uh, your browsing online uh, because we all know that even uh, incognito mode doesn't do what we all wish that it would do. Uh, with PureVPN, you have the ability to uh, kind of obfuscate your your uh, browsing history and uh, your browsing patterns from Facebook, Google, and your ISP. Uh, making what you do online more private and of course uh, with services like these you also have the ability to um, pretend you're somewhere else so for us when we were at Collision in Toronto uh, we were unable to watch some of our shows on services that we pay for with a service like PureVPN uh, we could say that we were still in Florida and uh, still get access uh, to our stuff so all fantastic and um right now uh there are there are some deals on the service you can get uh two years of service for uh two dollars and 88 cents which uh per month which is a, a great deal it's way less than most other services and uh you can find out more about it by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn Oh my goodness. So, at the the beginning of F5 Live, we saw uh, where you were on one of the projects that you've been working on, but I think you got something else to show us, right? Yes, yes. So, let's see how easy this is to show on, on the air. So, um, Lego sent, uh, sent me um, their newest product, Lego Hidden... Lego Hidden Side. And this is a very cool augmented reality game slash set. So, or set of sets. It's just like there's Ninjago and Nexo Knights and all those things that uh, are Lego branded um, characters and stories. There's a new one out and it is called uh, it is called Lego Hidden Side. So the story of Lego Hidden Side is that uh, there are these two high school students in this uh, town called Newberry. Uh, I think it's what's the name of the guy. They're not very prominent about the names. Uh, the, boy, the, the boy and the girl. Um, and I'll have their names right in my full review. And they, uh, they are hunting ghosts because their town is haunted. And they have like a, uh, like a scientist, JB, who helps them. And um, and what you do is you build the set. So here I've got. Let me see if I can do this without breaking. Um, behind me, 
try to do this without breaking it. What are the chances? Okay. So here I've got the graveyard set. Okay. So this is the graveyard set. This is a $30 set. I also have, there are, I think, eight sets. Um, there's also a high school set that's really huge, which my son and I built, but I can't carry it around easily as pieces of it keep falling off. Um, so what this does is, so first of all, it's a cool Lego set. It comes with a bunch of minifigs. You can play with it. But the real goal is, So you fire up the app on your phone, and it tells you, and uh, it starts. So now it's showing me, hey, I want to find, that I want to see this. Once I turn around and I point at it, it's going to, oh, it's got to be played in portrait mode. It definitely wants portrait mode. So That's interesting. we got to try and get line it up and if I messed up if anything fell off of the build then I have problems. Oh here I found it. Okay. So I found it and I want you to see if you can see on here. Oh yeah. That not only does it now have the thing, but it's created an entire background behind it of like what it's like with rain and all kinds of stuff. And it says object clear the gloom, right? Probably, probably upset because he doesn't see it anymore. Um, so, anyway, let's turn it. So, what I got to do now is I've got to scan this little thing here, and it turns it. It says like red spectrum, and you got to find all the all the things in the red spectrum and pick them up. Then it tells you, okay, to see a different spectrum, there's red, blue, yellow. You turn this little dial. All of a sudden, have a color dial. And now there's a now it, it, there's a blue square over here, and I scan that, and now it's showing me everything in the blue zone. Oh, cool! Which are all these like all these little blue and like it looks like the tree. I don't know if you can see here. It looks like the tree that's on it is actually moving. Yeah. And all that, even though in real life it isn't. And wait till I get to the part where there's a ghost. So there's a part where there's a ghost. There are parts where there are ghosts, and you gotta and you gotta kill the ghost. Holding the, should be holding the phone in portrait mode. It's definitely in the portrait mode. So you pick up this stuff called Gloom, which is like this glowing stuff, and it will give you points uh, that you can redeem for stuff. There are no in-app purchases, by the way. Okay. Um, so I do this, and then... Uh, so this one says, Grandma Winnie is the name of this ghost. It's coming after me, and I gotta, like, shoot at her. Right? With my... I gotta shoot at her... Now, you are not one of the kids. You're actually someone who's helping the kid, I guess. But your, like, laser gun overheats or something, and you've got to get her before she, like, depletes your battery, I guess is what it says. Okay. So, and she can, like, run through the door, in and out of the door in the graveyard. And um, what was really cool in the high school is you can go behind the high school. So, like, this, I think, will work, too. You won't be able to see from over here, but if I hold my phone and I just, like, go... I can go all the way over and it keeps following me and it keeps getting closer and closer, right? And even to the point where the trees that are behind it, that are appearing behind it, are I'm getting closer to. So it is really good quality AR 
That ghost is going to kill me. You can see her, though. <laughs> you can see her attacking. Oh. Hey! Stop. Stop. So, <laughs> what happens? It says overheat. So, you collect these ghosts once you've actually beaten them, if they haven't killed you, which this one just did to me. Um, and then, so, you collect, so, you know, whoops. I'll quit this so you can just see the different menus. So, this has an app, by the way, for both. So you get to decide whether you want to be a hunter or a ghost. You can actually play as a ghost. Hmm. And if you play as a ghost, you actually can do that without a set. Um, the app is free. So here are all the ghosts that I've collected through playing. Um, and you like can, you know, you collect them all. It's, in that respect, it's like Pokemon Go, except, you know, you don't go anywhere. It's in your house. Um, and then if you're a hunter, which is like the main thing people are going to do, it shows you this map of Newberry. And these are all the different sets you can get. Mm. Uh, and you tap on the set you have, and then it makes you scan it. Uh, there's also one here where you just scan a minifigure, and you can, like, fight the ghost that's in the minifigure. Because some of the minifigures that come are, like, people in the town are possessed, and you have to, like, help them by fighting the ghost. Anyway, um, technologically speaking, it's just very impressive AR. Um, it's just very, very impressive AR that LEGO has done to not only do a really good job of detecting um, detecting the sets. Last year, uh, I tried a set, Lego had sent me a Ninjago set that used a different technology. They, that one used, um, was for iOS only, and it used um, ARKit, mm -hmm. uh, Apple's ARKit technology, and that was terrible. It didn't work very well at all. Like I, I had to, it didn't work on the surfaces I tried it on. I had to, it, it was constantly, losing the, the the frame and making you scan the set. Um, and it didn't do anything to change the background. So it was really a gimmick. It wasn't a very good game. You know, it's like, okay, look, you can see these ninjas walking around the castle. But this, like, it creates a huge amount of virtual stuff around your real stuff. One could sort of argue that you almost don't need the Lego set at all, except that it makes you... It makes you have the Lego set to do it. Right. Right. But um, although I have to say there are parts where it actually asks you to open a door on your set or turn something on your or turn that color wheel on your set. So there is a physical element to the play. Sure. You know, there definitely is a physical element to the play that you can't just use your phone without reaching and touching the set uh, ever. Um, but uh, and they're good Lego sets, except. There's one thing I gotta say. Like all Legos, they fall apart. So when you've got a high school that costs $130 and takes like seven hours to build, oh. and it's really fragile, and like half the high school fell fell down like twice, um, and you can't play the game unless you fix it because um, it won't scan now. Uh, that's a little bit frustrating. Yeah. I don't know how you get around that if you're a Lego, if you're a person, uh, if you're someone who has it. The way you get around this is don't let anybody, don't let any kids touch your Legos, which is sort of counterintuitive. Uh huh. Don't let anyone breathe on them. Don't use a fan or a hair dryer near them. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and put them on a table somewhere where no one will walk into them. Uh, because. 
as soon as they break apart, you can't you can't play the game. You can't play the game anymore. You can't play that level of the game anymore. Right. I should say. Um, this definitely made me want to. Um, those who've seen the Lego Movie know what I'm saying when they when they made me want to take out the craggle, um, the craggle, the crazy glue, and uh, and glue it together so it wouldn't fall apart because they do fall apart fairly easily, particularly if you try to move them anywhere uh, <laughs> or, or or you just touch them a little bit too hard. Um, and so, um, you know, and then you can't, you can't play the game. So that, um, but the story is really fascinating. What's unfortunate is that I guess because they just came out with it, Lego did not, has not done a lot to develop the story yet. Like the app doesn't tell you anything about the story really, except to say that ghosts in town, help me catch them. Gotcha. Um, there's a little bit of a, of a cartoon short that's on YouTube that tells you a little bit, bit about the story, uh, but not, not much. I feel like this would make a great cartoon. I hope that they, that they, you know, have the, um, confidence in the in the in the intellectual property to like do more with it because it seems like it, it's a fun story the aesthetic of it really reminds me of old encyclopedia brown uh, and nancy drew uh stories uh that goes way back um so it's 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 really it's it's a really neat aesthetic um there's even good music in the app uh, so really, uh, I recommend it. Like, check out. We'll have a full review with more details shortly once I can get pictures of everything with it not being falling apart. Uh, but it's uh, Lego Hidden Side. They've got eight different sets. Uh, I think it's eight, maybe more. Uh, that's the graveyard set that costs thirty dollars. I also have the high school set, which is awesome. It looks like a giant like high school. It has stuff on both sides and lots of rooms and stuff. But the problem is, do not let your kid actually play with it as a toy, because ten pieces of it will fall apart, and then you may have trouble playing with it as, as a video game. Um, but uh, but uh, they are uh, the AR on this is really impressive, and so is the potential story. So really, uh, kudos to Lego for for getting this getting this right, uh, and you know, especially compared to. I don't know if I brought it. I think I may have brought it on the show last year. The the Lego Ninjago uh, Playgrounds one that they had, which was very underwhelming. I am on the website right now. <laughs> and I am looking at the high school set. And yeah, that is a, it's a pretty intense <laughs> Lego set right there. I mean, it's a big it's a beautiful Lego set. If, t- if you are not interested in using it for the video game and just want to like play with it or display it or whatever, it's a really nice set. The school sort of looks like it has these like claws that come out of it and these eyes come out. It's a haunted high school. Um, it's really, really imp- impressive looking set. Yeah. So anyway, good stuff. Recommend it. Lego hidden side. Very cool. And, uh, and you said we're going to see a, a full review on the site. Yes, yes. We'll read on the site. Spoiler, I like it a lot, but be careful with it because it's fragile. That's the, uh, that's, that's the, um, that's the short, short of it. Gotcha. And, and obviously that, 
that is the warning for most, if not all, Lego sets is be careful, it's fragile. <laughs> so Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean that 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 could be said about about a lot of things. I mean I think Lego Technics, the one where it has more of the circular snap together is a little bit more durable, but that's really only for vehicles. Uh, yes, almost every it's true that almost every Lego set that I ever get with my son is good for about and we love Legos a lot. Mm-hmm. We really, really love Legos here, so don't take this as like a down on Lego thing. Whatever we get, we put it together and almost within a day he finds some way of destroying it. Mm-hmm. And it turns back into into a pile of, of bricks no matter how specialized it was. So many hours spent like building a Lego ATAT that now you can just find pieces of the legs somewhere. Um, so, you know, what you really what you really need to appreciate this stuff is you need a basement the size of the one Lego movie with a giant table uh-huh. for putting all all this all this out. Um, but uh, in this case, my son didn't even try to 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 take these things apart. They just were kind of fragile from just regular use. But yes, just be very careful with your Legos. That's all there is to say. Um, but it's uh, really cool. Well, cool, Abram. Obviously, I always love to see the things that you're working on for Tom's Hardware, um, and you really do get to work on some some fun stuff lately. So it's uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we enjoy uh, enjoy getting in, especially the the cool toys like this uh, to to show and tell the cool things people people want. I'm hoping. I'm hoping in a few weeks that they will send me the uh, the new uh, the new robot kit that they have, the droid, the one that lets you build three different droids. Oh. Um, so uh, I'm hoping they're going to send me that. I think that's due out end of August, beginning September, and I'll be able to bring that on the show. Very cool. Well, I look forward to that. Where I, everybody involved is a Lego fan, so it is. <laughs> I definitely look forward yeah. to it. And uh, obviously, look forward to seeing the uh, the review. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All the accessories you need to up your game on PC or console available from Razer, including the brand new Razer Viper um, that was just released. Um, It is, uh, I've seen reviews on it saying that it is the new uh, standard for uh, wired gaming mice. Um, But if you're not looking for the newest of the new, or maybe you're looking for a keyboard or a webcam or anything like that, you can find it all by going to f5live.tv slash razor. All right. So, um, something interesting happened this week, uh, in the, in the video game streaming world. And, uh, it was kind of the beginning of the battle 
over the streaming services. Obviously, Twitch has been uh, the market leader uh, always, and that's partially because they got there early and uh, partially because they have offered so many great things. It's a, it's a great platform for streamers. It's a great pl- platform for viewers. There's a lot of ways for uh, viewers and uh, streamers to interact and uh, to support one another. Um, but uh, a couple of years ago in 2016, Microsoft bought a company called Beam and later changed the name to Mixer. And since that purchase, they have done a lot to, uh, to really bring up the level of what Mixer is, uh, incorporating some unique ways, again, of, of supporting your favorite streamers and things like that. But they've made no big moves outside of uh, building it directly into Windows 10 and the Xbox One until this week uh, when they announced that kind of the only household name in video game streaming ninja uh was headed to mixer exclusively um in just the first two days on on uh mixer he had over a half a million followers and three and a half million uh unique views which uh especially on mixer is a pretty big deal um if that did not make him the top streamer on Mixer in just two days uh, by today, I would guess he is certainly the top streamer on uh, on the platform. And I think it's I think it's the beginning of the platforms really uh, fighting in the way that the other streaming platforms have uh, through exclusives. It's how uh, Netflix and Hulu have competed against one another and, and uh, you know Amazon Prime Video they have fought over their originals or their exclusives um, and you know Avram and I have talked about it a lot you know there's things like uh, the the office and friends that are moving from Netflix exclusively over to the new NBC app um, so exclusives are a big part of the streaming plot, uh, landscape and uh, it looks like it's coming to gaming too in a in a pretty big way uh, I I think it's a I think it's a pretty big move from Microsoft. Well, what they figured out is that you can't it's you can't beat people with better technology. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, Google Plus would still right. be here, right? Uh, and possibly have replaced Facebook. Uh, it's all about it's all about who's who's there, right? It's like a bar or something. Like who's hanging out at this bar? Doesn't matter if you have the best drinks. Or the uh, or the best at or the best you know de- decor, it's who's hanging out. Right. So they've got Ninja that they paid Ninja to come hang out. Um, so I think that get that immediately gives them cred. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know if that gives them enough cred to really uh, to really make a dent in Twitch's popularity, but you know it's certainly certainly worth a shot. Um, I think that's how they get how they get cred. I mean, mm-hmm. I often think that Twitter became a thing because Shaquille O'Neal was on it or something, and all of a sudden, all these famous people were using it, and and then it became a thing, and it kind of snowballed into what it is today. Because technologically, a lot of social networks aren't either aren't that different from each other, or aren't that 
that advance in terms of what they provide. Right. Technically, it's all about who's there. Absolutely. And, and you know, if that's, if that's the way it goes, you know, how did Instagram build its popularity? Um, people like the Kardashians, right? It's, they were on the platform, so people came to the platform. And so I think that's exactly, I, it's what happened with the, the TV streaming services. So I think Microsoft is hoping for the same thing here. Um, I will say as of our, our live broadcast right now, um, he is now at almost 650,000 uh, followers. And that is um, with him not having streamed since the last time I, <laughs> I looked. So he's gone up. 150,000 followers without putting out any new content. So <laughs> that's that's a big move. And I think I think part of it, obviously, right now will be uh, people finding out that he has moved, going to Twitch and going, hey, where is he? Oh, he's over on Mixer now. Got it. Whoop. Going over. Um, and Microsoft also made another big move here. Um, they're giving uh, users a free subs one-month subscription to uh ninja's channel so uh i think that'll be that's probably a big part of um of um his compensation package for switching over obviously it's uh he'll get paid based on how many people do the free subscription uh because that's how how you support your your favorite streamers on these platforms is by subscribing you don't really would pay a particular amount, but getting to do it as a user for free doesn't mean that he's not getting paid. Um, just like on Twitch, you get your your prime sub. You know the the streamer you don't pay for it, but the streamer still gets paid for it. Um, but I am I'm sitting here with with his uh, mixer page pulled up right now. He is offline and has been um, for a while, and his his chat is still crazy active. So I think that's going to be a big part of it too, right? Is how active is his community? And it sure looks like, you know, here we are at almost 10 p.m. on a Sunday night and he's offline and he's still moving in the chat room. So I think, I think he's brought an active base over from Twitch. And I think that'll be good for Microsoft. And uh, obviously we stream on Mixer, this show right now. If you're watching live, this show is on Mixer, uh, like we say at the top of the show, but we're on lots of places. But um, I I like the Mixer interface. I like, uh, I like it better on the Xbox than I do the Twitch interface. Um, but, you know, preferences. But <laughs> I, I think it's a big move, and it'll be interesting to see how it works out if if the overall community on Mixer becomes as active as his community is on Mixer. You know, I, I think that's that'll be the that'll be the test. Are we able to see, you know, all all ships rise, or will it just be his? So. So you have to turn on the music first, huh?
This week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let these guys do it for you. Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, uh, creating commentaries for Hollywood blockbusters and B-movie oddities like... Oh, it just went away. Uh, it looked like it was terrible, which is the whole point of this. Hold on. The Million Eyes of Sumeru. I think they were holding paint rollers as weapons. Anyway, um, the way it works is for a couple of dollars, you download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever the movie happens to exist, and laugh. Um, from time to time, they do live events. Um, they have, I think they have one more live show coming up in this season. Uh, yes, it is the giant spider invasion, August 15th and 20th in uh, movie theaters nationwide. To find out all of the uh, the movies that are available, the theaters that you can see the live shows, and of course all of the short films, you can go to f5live.tv slash rifftracks with an X. It's funny, I think back, I, I listen to myself do these promos, and I think, oh, you can tell I've been doing that one for eight years. Anyway, so... <laughs> um, uh, if you're in the United States, you're probably aware of the Americans with Disabilities Act, um, better known as the ADA. Um, it was passed in uh, 1990, and it kind of governs how uh, public spaces deal, or uh, yeah, public spaces deal with uh, people with special needs. Uh, the most common attribute of the ADA that most people know about, of course, is the 36-inch. Uh, uh, space between things like in a retail store. Um, also, that uh, interactive displays can't be more than a certain height, things like that. Um, but if you've not been involved in implementing the ADA somewhere, you may not know how um, inconsistent it is in both um, uh, compliance and just in its existence. And that comes down to things like uh, the word reasonable, uh, which, which is used uh, to describe the reasonable accommodations for this and the reasonable accommodations for that. And so uh, sometimes from town to town, uh, the implementation and the compliance on the ADA can be different. But there's one place where it's still kind of a wild west, and that's in the tech sector. Um, there have been a lot of questions as to how, when, where, and why the ADA might apply to the internet and or uh, mobile apps. And um, that is coming to a head. Uh, there, have, there are always lawsuits against websites and stuff that aren't screen readable and apps that aren't, you know, whatever. But the the company that has taken this on as their personal challenge, believe it or not, is Domino's Pizza. Bear with me. So, the success of the Domino's Pizza app uh, has been so great that they noticed they were no longer getting phone calls in most, if not any, of their stores uh, for orders for pizzas because people really like that progress bar in their app. Whatever. They also like their Xbox can give them updates and whatever. Um, so anyway, um, most stores 
have stopped taking orders over the phone, which is expected unless you're blind. And neither the website nor the app are set up for uh, blind customers to be able to order, which means that they cannot uh, shop with Domino's. And so that brings into question, does the ADA apply to websites and mobile apps? And if so, how? So Domino's is taking it to the Supreme Court because federal courts have not been able to agree on it. And in fact, are about 50-50. Uh, in cases across the country, uh, some of them saying, yes, you have to do it. And some of them going, yeah, it doesn't matter. So uh, Domino's is trying to take it to the Supreme Court to get uh, kind of final guidance on on how and if it applies to mobile apps. I think this is a, a fascinating situation. I mean, the fact that it's Domino's pizza, it just blows my mind. The fact that it's not like somebody like Facebook or, you know, that, that is ending up having to fight this, that's Domino's going, no, you know what? We need to know how this works and only the Supreme court can tell us. Well, it, it will be good to find out. I don't think, I don't think that Domino's is a, an ideal case because um, there's a very simple solution in their case, which is, they could and probably should take phone orders. Like, it's not that complicated for them to go back to taking phone orders. How aren't there old people who come who want a pizza who are technologically illiterate that might want to make a phone call? I, I mean, I know. And you could create an automated, and it would be easy enough for them to create. They have the money and the resources to either make their app screen readable or create an automated phone tree or something where they don't even need a person to answer the phone, mm -hmm. that you could just do it through like touch tone or whatever. Now, that being said, I'm very concerned about the concept that every website have to be mm -hmm. screen readable because while that's a good practice, if you're going to have people left and right being, you know, sued for their web design not being good web design practice yep. or something like that, which leads to it not being screen readable. I think that imposes a, a pretty serious burden on on people who are providing, you know, services and content on the internet. Yeah. Um to so I think it's I think obviously you know, but I, I'm, I'm also wondering, like, what do you do? I've never Googled this because I've never thought about it um, before this. Can you buy, if you're visually impaired, can you buy things from Amazon? Sure. How would you do it? Uh, do I, I think the Amazon. They've gone out of their way to make it screen readable? I think the Amazon app is screen readable, um, plus uh, with Alexa. Uh, so via voice, you can make purchases. So, so there are. There are affordances for people who cannot see to uh, to make purchases from Amazon, but it's important to note if that would work, if Alexa was enough to to make it uh, to keep Amazon out of trouble. Domino's also has an Alexa skill, so you can you can via voice order pizza from Domino's. 
You just can't make a phone call. Right. You just need a $30 device. Or or the the app on your phone. Or the app. Oh, yeah. Okay. Really, you could, it's really hard to argue against. You could ask, you know, you could ask Siri to open Alexa and then use Alexa to order the pizza. I mean, they're all without physically ever touching your device. So, I mean, there there are affordances out there. That, so, the question will become what affordances are required? What what reasonable accommodations will be required? And I think, you know, that there might actually be some useful guidance to come out of this because, you know, is, is a telephone, hello, you know, dial a number, hello, the only thing that is reasonable. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a fascinating case and I cannot wait. I hope that the Supreme court takes the case right now. They're petitioning, um, as of right now, their most recent appeal was lost uh, in a federal court. But as as Domino's points out in their appeal to the Supreme Court, um, they show uh, examples of federal court cases uh, across the country being very split on their beliefs on it. Uh, and again, it's about 50-50, uh, almost exactly. I think they I think they showed eight and eight. Uh, cases for and against the exact same concept. So um, it's definitely time to get get some guidance on this. The internet has been around basically for most of the time. Well, I mean, in people's hands for the majority of the time that the ADA has been in, in existence. It's it's time that we know what it means. Um, it it will definitely be an interesting. An interesting case to follow if it if it makes it that far. This week's DRM not included in F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. Uh, you know that you get free shipping sometimes same day. Um, but what you may not know is some of the cool other stuff that you get, like Amazon Prime Music, which gives you several million tracks uh, available to stream for free as part of your subscription. There's Abram's favorite Amazon Prime Video, which has uh, TV, movies, uh, documentaries, both original content and licensed, uh, available, again, as part of your subscription for no extra cost. Um, and then there's my favorite, which is Twitch Prime, which gives you one free subscription. We talked about it earlier. One free subscription to uh, the streamer of your choice on Twitch to help them out. Uh, you also get um, free games every month, which is really cool. So you can get uh, uh, you know, full games, uh, just like on PlayStation Plus or uh, Xbox Live. Uh, and then you also, if you have a Nintendo Switch, you can get a full year of Switch Online uh, for free right now. And there's a whole lot more to stuff that comes with uh, Whole Foods and all kinds of stuff. You can find out about all of those benefits and get quick links to all of those benefits. Plus, if you're not already a subscriber, we've got a free 30-day trial of Prime to see if it's for you. All available by going to f5live.tv slash prime. There really is a lot of information on that page. 
Also, um, keep in mind that uh, you can watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure for free on Prime. Oh, can you? Yes. Uh, so and Spaceballs. So therefore, you should. Spaceballs is all I needed to hear. I know what I will be watching when I'm done editing the show tonight. Thank you, Avram. <laughs> um, so, staying on the streaming topic, um, Avram and I kind of jokingly, but in relation to a topic two weeks ago, mentioned a service whose name neither of us could remember, because um, I could remember Zadiva, but I could not remember Aereo. Um, we talked about Aereo, which was a company who provided uh, the ability to stream local TV stations um, from out of market to your computer or maybe mobile device. It was 2014. Maybe not. Um, certainly to your computer. Um, and they did it by uh, setting up these little mini antennas and a dedicated tuner for each user uh, in that local market. And then basically that tuner would then stream whatever channel it, you chose at the time to your computer. Uh, they did it this way because uh, since all television is digital, uh, the over-the-air broadcasts are able to get statistics on how many uh, people are watching over the air. So the TV stations would still get their, their statistics. They'd still get their ad revenue, uh, and it would show up as a local... Uh, a local viewer. So as far as the advertisers were concerned, they were all local viewers. It was theoretically a win-win for everybody. The local stations hated it. Uh, they sued Aereo. I almost said Zadiva. They did that too, but that was different. Uh, they sued Aereo. Uh, in 2014, it made it again to the Supreme Court. Weird cases making it to the Supreme Court this week. Um, and the Supreme Court ruled no. Aereo was violating um, federal law for two reasons. One, there's an act of Congress that says that anybody who is redistributing uh, over-the-air content has to have a redistribution license. Uh, and um, it's copyrighted content. Yeah, <laughs> You have to have the permission of the content owners to redistribute using your license. Aereo did neither, and uh, so they went away in 2015 uh, with all of their assets and everything going away. Now, why are we talking about a case from 2014? Well, because there is a, a non-profit organization out there called Lowcast that, I don't know, heard our conversation and went, well, that's a great idea, and... <laughs> Uh, so this service has been doing the exact same thing. Uh, identical business model minus the charging for the service. It's a nonprofit organization. It is funded through donations. Um, and obviously, I think everybody can see where this is headed. Um, they were sued, again, by everybody. It takes a special kind of thing to bring Disney, CBS, News Corp, and um, and uh, Comcast together in their disdain for you to sue together. Um, so they have sued under the exact same things that they sued Aereo for, um, except 
This one's even more interesting because it's a nonprofit organization who received a half a million dollars. No, a, I don't know. They received a lot of money. I think it was a half a million dollars um, from DirecTV <laughs> uh, for operations. And the founder of the company is a lobbyist for Dish Network. Or company. Organization. I'm sorry. Organization. Um, so this is being funded by the satellite companies who are in right now. Both satellite companies are in big negotiations, especially with NBC and, uh, and Comcast over redistribution right costs. <laughs> you know, to be, to be fair, to be fair, I mean, this is how the business works, but in a way it doesn't make a lot of sense because all that area was doing theoretically and all that low, um, Called low, low cast, low, low cast for low cast. for local broadcast. Local broadcast is doing is what you would do if you were there and you could plug in your own antenna. Yes, if you were there. But what they're doing is they're putting it on the internet for you to get. Mm -hmm. That's where the problem is. But. I am sure, I, I can't name it off the top of my head right now, I am sure that if you had, if you lived in that place... Slingbox. And you, you I'm sure you... Right, you could probably... Yeah, use something like Slingbox, which is which is not illegal to watch your over-the-same over-the-air stuff. Correct. So it is a little bit weird that every time your cable company gets into a dispute with like CBS or ABC or NBC... Or Fox, like, hey, we don't want to spend what they're what we don't want to pay them much oh, this ridiculous amount of money per subscriber to give you content that you could get for free over the air. Uh -huh. It does seem ri ridiculous to me that that these networks are charging the cable providers and satellite providers who then pass that that charge along to the consumer money for something that they give away for free if you had an antenna. Yes. It, it doesn't make, make sense to me. They're perfectly willing to give it to you if you have an antenna, but they want it, but they feel like they can shake down the, the cable operators uh, for the same thing. Like, shouldn't they be happy since they're, they make money off of ad revenue that, uh, that so many people are, are watching? This many people are able to watch their channel. Um, well, when you take you into would, consideration that in 2018, the broadcast companies took in an estimated $10 billion in uh, redistribution fees, you start to put together where this, uh, where this comes from. Yeah. I mean, now... I know sometimes that's a package and like, you know, when they're paying, when your cable company is paying NBC, they're also paying for the sci-fi channel, which is owned by Comcast. Yeah. A bunch of other things that are owned by Comcast. Yeah, um, for sure. It's, but, it, it's always like, it's always a Comcast bundle. Like when, uh, right now, I think still, um, 
DirecTV is fighting with Comcast uh, and NBC and more have apparently been missing because our local NBC affiliate tells me on cable that DirecTV is not showing them, which doesn't make any sense, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's, it is a little weird. I understand the, what, the great business interest in preventing this, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I feel like a service that does something you could do yourself for you should not be should not be illegal. Like if you can put if you were there and you could put your own antenna there. Now, there's the big if because you're not you're not there. Mm -hmm. So you, unless you have a friend who lives there, right, wants to put an antenna out for you, connect it to some type of sling box and put it on the internet for you, or you want to buy a second home just for this purpose. <laughs> You know, just for the purpose of getting Cincinnati Channel, you know, NBC, you'll buy, you'll rent an apartment there. Um, <laughs> well, if that's the case, uh, paying for Sling TV and paying for the out-of-market uh, local channels is just as easy <laughs> and way less expensive. Yes. Yes. Which, yes. by the way, is but, not the same as Slingbox. I know that the naming is confusing. They are not related to one another. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, but I, I am sure they're going to get shut down. Oh, I'm I'm surprised that they're going to make it through this sentence, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> it's, yeah. it isn't, I do not feel that this is going to be a long fight. But the fact, the thing that makes this one interesting, like if it was just, hey, we're going to try Aereo's business model again, I, I wouldn't have really, I mean, yes, we covered Aereo for like a year and a half through all of their disaster. But that's because Nick, was wa using it to watch the Giants from New York. Different situation. <laughs> um, <laughs> because he, his aunt used to have a sling box in her house for him so that he could watch. And then Ariel came around and it was way easier and way less expensive. So they went that way. And then uh, he ended up obviously having to go back to the other one because Ariel went away. Anyway. Um, if it was just that, if somebody just went, hey, Aereo had a great idea, we'll do it too. Forget the Supreme Court. That would be not as interesting as the idea that this is being founded and funded by Dish Network and DirecTV, respectively. <laughs> that makes this story I think way more interesting. I think they're trying to make, make a point there. Now, mm -hmm. yeah. what stops... Here's a, here's a question. It's probably too annoying to do, but what stops Dish Network from just giving people an antenna with their with their dish? Uh-huh. Uh, we actually had an installation. Could they, just give them, could they just put an antenna on there? We had a local installation um, uh, package when I worked for Radio Shack because we sold both Dish and Direct. Um, the company that we used for installations had that option uh, where you, you could get They'd put a an attach uh, local antenna uh, to the back of the dish, <laughs> so that you could uh, not have to pay for the local package on Directv. <laughs> so it is it is a tried and true thing that <laughs> that our installers here in Tampa literally did with Directv. <laughs> so yeah, well. yeah. I I don't know why they don't do it. I mean, I understand. When the cable companies started carrying the locals, all of the locals um, turned their broadcast power down by 25%. So for a lot of people, 
uh, it can be difficult. And if you're in Tampa, in the t- anywhere in the Tampa market, it's even more difficult because all of our stations are in... There's an antenna farm uh, outside of Ruskin for everybody but CBS. <laughs> CBS comes from the extreme other direction. So you've actually got to buy a f- special antenna <laughs> that's shaped like wings <laughs> to be able to get all of the local channels. So... It's a real pain in the butt for most people. Uh, antenna Craft. Is that the name of the company? Actually makes a special antenna for Tampa. Called the Tampa Bay Special. <laughs> they, they literally market a pre-built special wing antenna just for our weird setup here. Um, but, you know, with, with them cutting the power so much and then, you know, weird things like we've got here... Antennas don't always work. My parents uh, out on the beach, nah, they haven't been able to use an antenna. They ended up having to switch to cable because when they cut the power, uh, they couldn't get it anymore. Or since it's CBS, you could just you could just record a few ep- you could just record like five episodes of NCIS and watch them over and over again since the same thing happens every time. And every show on there is some version of NCIS. Thank so, you. Or, or something like it. That was unexpected so, and wonderful. You know, Thank you. Every time, but but listen, on every episode this time it's personal. <laughs> I, I I watched I watched <laughs> Los Angeles a bunch of times. Every time it's personal. Oh. It's sort of like that scene in the Last Action Hero. Do you ever see the Last Action Hero uh-huh. movie? Where where he's like, that was my favorite third cousin. This time it's personal. <laughs> Every every episode this time it's every episode this time uh, it's personal. Or it's Groundhog Day. Unless it's just the same episode over and over again. Wait, uh, so which I, I don't know that you possible. need to spend the extra money on CBS. <laughs> Especially since the one show that's not NCIS that they had is off the air, and that's Big Bang Theory. Oh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to say it, and you knew what I was talking about because it's the only example. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Um, like I said, I, I'll be surprised if this thing makes it through the music here in a second. Um, on, honestly, the, I don't feel like this is going to be around long, but I do feel like this is, like, like you said, I think they're making a statement. I think the idea here is for them possibly to be able to get the idea of why are we being charged for redistribution when it's already free. From the perspective, from not the consumer perspective, which is what happened with Aereo, but from the distributor's perspective, um, uh, possibly in front of a court. I think, I think that's probably what this is all about. So, well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. Um, if you didn't join us live and would like to in the future, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us on Sunday nights at about 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, you can also find us on any of our live stream platforms and uh, subscribe, uh, Twitch, Mixer, Periscope, uh, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, or Livestream.com. Um, and if you didn't join us live or would like to listen again, you can always go to plughitslive.com slash subscribe and see all of our shows there and uh, subscribe in your favorite platform, whether it be on social media or a podcatcher or wherever you want to listen, we are probably there. Um, so I think 
that is it. Uh, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we will see you guys back next time. Ciao.